In our culture, we learn through stories. But what if the stories we hear don't match the reality of life? What if the stories we hear every day that tell us how to write the narrative of our lives actually lead us to a false narrative? My name is Tim Kroll, and on this podcast, you will hear real stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Real people sharing the hard times, the bends in the roads along life's journey. If you're ready to join a community of other real people who are writing the narrative of their lives, then go to narrative.live and join the community. Now let's dive into today's show. All right, welcome back. Once again, we have another awesome story with Karen. Actually, Karen and I, we've talked, obviously, Eric, husband, we've kind of all been together. We've shared a lot of time, a lot of laughs. And so I know a little bit about this, but I'm excited about this one because it's really going to dial in and kind of fill in for me some of the gaps that I've known about. So I'm really kind of excited about this. So Karen, welcome. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being willing to kind of open up the book and say, hey, this is my life. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Tim, so much for having me. Definitely something I'm excited to share. So, <laughs> Yeah, no worries at all. So let's get started with this because I'm sure there's people that are listening. We just met in an elevator. Who is Karen? Not necessarily what you do, but who are you? So, oh my gosh, I actually wear, I have a lot of roles that I get to play in my life. For sure, the best ones I have is the big support to my husband, Eric. We are small business owners in the home service business and have been able to scale that in the last 12 years. I'm also mom to four amazing little girls between the ages of nine and 14. And so just barely into high school, also intermediate middle school age. And so a lot of changes happening in our family currently, and I'm just loving it. I'm also a registered nurse by trade, been in the surgical trauma ICU and also outpatient surgery field for five years way back. Our first daughter was born when I finished nursing school, did that for five years. And then another role I get to play alongside a small business owner is just being the leader for our team. So developing that team culture. And I absolutely love all of that. Also a marketer. That's a lot. <laughs> it's like, how many balls do you have to juggle there? That's a lot of roles, That's, but it's a lot of fun, I'm sure. Absolutely. And, you know, able to really grow and scale our service business, I've been able to kind of dig a little deeper into my love for running and endurance training. And so I became a long distance trainer for run athletes. And so I've been able to help a lot of those find success in their training. And then with that, kind of led me into this role of just recently I became certified high performance coach. I was realizing, you know, I was expressing to my husband, you know, I'm just, there's something missing that my clients don't have that I have and I want to express them, but I don't know how it can come across in a way that's yeah. going to be them like the way I benefit in running. And it, mm. I was my, I was putting meaning behind my runs and my runs were a time that I could just get really clear with reflection and setting intention in my day. So that quickly became something I wanted to know, how can I serve my clients better? Mm. And it really led me to this opportunity of like, I need to take my next level as far as how to direct my clients in a way that's going to grow them inwardly. Like, so this yeah. inner work beyond the discipline and the, the goal setting and accomplishing things and creating that confidence in yourself, it suddenly became this courage to commit and and this joy and the vibrancy you feel this aliveness for life and i was able to create a way to to show them how to take those steps and wow. really so, 
know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take the steps backwards because this journey had to start somewhere. Every time that we've ever talked, and I, I always like to be able to do this because I found that there are certain beliefs, some of the false narratives as we grow up, we come to believe as a reality in our life. So let's go back to the beginning of, I'll say your development of as a child stepping into this. What were some of the things growing up that you felt whether it was something that was said directly to you or something that was an example, or what were some of the ways that you viewed life coming up through the childhood time? Well, I guess if you would know me back in elementary, even untoward middle school, I was extremely shy. I really didn't even, actually, as far as back as kindergarten, I wouldn't speak because I was afraid mm-hmm. people would think that my voice was so deep that I was a, really a boy. I would literally not speak because of the sound of my voice really made me feel just not like everybody else. So I just didn't really say what was inside of me, what was on my mind. So I just, I chose not to speak a lot. So that kind of led to like no friends and just feeling alone, not seen, not heard, like all of these things. Right. It actually brings up an interesting point because there's something that was either A, it was an example of something, whether you saw it on TV or something that was just said by a parent or by somebody else that you respected. Let's see, kindergarten would have been probably five or six age. That's an early time to already come to the conclusion that your voice is too deep. Why did that happen? Can I dig into that a little bit? You know, we grew up in a really large, well, I have four siblings, sort of five. And maybe, you know, I was definitely one that was more to myself, just kind of, I found like just being okay with just keeping to myself. And so maybe kind of being in the middle child, maybe that had something to do with it. I've never really thought about that a lot, but maybe back at that point, I just really felt like there was no need for me to like be the oldest, be the leader, but also be the baby. And so I just kind of like found myself comfortable I either had people speaking for me or like the well, so, I mean, it's so interesting because we draw those conclusions of a belief that like, why, why would you believe that your voice was too low? And therefore the conclusion that you came to is I shouldn't speak. And it, yeah. it's always interesting when we start to kind of dig into some of the past is like, well, that's not true. I mean, everybody's voice is their voice, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and it's difficult to actually look at that. So that's, that's a really interesting way to, you know, jump into this story of like that belief. And then that belief led you to more of not speaking. And then what else happened with that part of that? I would definitely say what validated that thought was I was at recess and we were probably fifth grade. It was cold and I was ready to get to the front of the line so we could go back in and get back to work. Right. And so, and again, I didn't really have a lot of friends that I communicated with, even on the playground. But I remember one day I was standing there and there was a group of girls that I would talk to kind of often here and there, but wasn't really, really, really good friends with. And they were in a group, probably 10 foot from me, and they didn't see me standing there. But one of the girls, her back was a little bit toward me, but I heard her say, do you all even like Karen? And someone turned around, they looked at me and they turned around, they're like, she's right there. And then she was like, oh, I just thought to myself, well, why wouldn't they like me? Like, I literally, I questioned, what is there about me that they don't like? And so I was almost validated and the thought that I had earlier was that I didn't really have much to say. I didn't really stand up for anything. I didn't really like speak who I was or what I thought. I just kind of let life happen. And so in that moment, it was again, more validation that I just did not really, I wasn't seen. Like I was literally 10 foot from her, but I was not seen. And so in that moment, it hurt. Of course it would hurt. I didn't really have a lot of experience, a lot of bullying, but at the same time feeling there's many times, even throughout 
when we moved away. So which was even harder for when my family, my dad had taken another job in another city. And so in the middle of high school, actually, it was around my freshman year, we moved away and going to a new school, I still was struggling with how do I speak in a way that's going to cultivate friendships. And I just, I didn't really learn that, nor did I get to practice it much. So my confidence was right. I had zero confidence. I would even go to lunch and there were days that I would go to lunch and I would go walk in the lunchroom and right back out because I was so uncomfortable with the feeling of having to go sit with Mm. friends. So I said, I'm going to go ahead and eat. I'm going to do my homework in the library. So I would skip lunch. I'd go to the library. And that was kind of like a safe space for me. My excuse was that, well, I have homework to do. And I just didn't want to face that I had to make friends. <laughs> and so it was better for me in the new school, again, not feeling seen that I was just going to go and do where I felt comfortable. And that was alone. But yeah, it was pretty significant, vivid moments of my life where I did feel like the need for my aloneness was so severe that I didn't know where to start. I didn't know how to feel alive again and what- How to reach out. Yeah, and reach out, all those things where I just kind of felt like I was just kind of, that's just where I was and I was there. And I wasn't really taking responsibility in myself, nor did I know how to, at such a young age, how can I get out of this, like not being able to have connection with people And over time, I was beginning to know that like connection is necessary. So when I went to nursing school, I was learning all these things about, of course, wellness and health and belonging and connection and why it's incredibly important in human development that you need that. It's a basic human need. And whenever you have that, finally, it can take you to your next level, your next level. Let's let's kind of like if you were to summarize the belief or the narrative that you had at that time. Because you mentioned a couple of different things. One, you mentioned the fact that you felt like you were different. You felt like you were ignored or just pretty much didn't exist. You felt that there was something wrong with you. If you could summarize with all of those things, what would you say that belief was that you held before nursing, before all of the other things that you realized that you just did not want to connect? What caused you to really say, okay, this is what I believe about myself and about society. What was that narrative? I think mostly it was that I just didn't matter. There wasn't really purpose or mission for me or significance in myself that I couldn't really see. And so with that, I just felt disconnect, disconnect, Mm. disconnect from others, disconnect from God. And that really just left me in a very just kind of stuck, stagnant place that, you know, nobody wants to feel that. So, Yeah, yeah, of course. But I think many people do. And I think many people go through life in that whole aspect is, number one, I don't matter. And so because I don't matter, they look for the other, well, they see the validation to that point, because like you just mentioned, you heard one of the friends at the school say, well, does anybody even like Karen? Or, you know, just the whole aspect and the emotional weight of attempting to break into that and not wanting to be hurt again and not wanting to... Yeah, like I I can totally see that. So as we transition, you mentioned a little about nursing and understanding that community and connection was an absolute key for the life. So walk me through, how did you transition or shift in the mind perspective or the, the world perspective of, okay, I do need this connection. I do need to reach out. I do need to have friends. Like, how did you go from, I don't matter to I have value? So I'll go back to like my junior slash senior year of high school where I was starting to 
And this is also kind of during the time that we're transitioning from where my dad's new position was back to our hometown in Jefferson City. And so during this transition, I had to, you know, I was going to go back to what was familiar to me, which was exciting, but I had to kind of really get serious about where I wanted to go career-wise. And I felt like, you know, my internal satisfaction of being able to like serve people, like feel like I connect with people. I felt like I wanted more of that. And so I was very curious about the nursing field. And so like, how can I help people feel better? Because I know what it feels like to not feel good, you know, and I've experienced, you know, even in physical illnesses, you know, family members, and it was just something that super intrigued me on like how I can, I want to learn more about that. And so why did that intrigue you so much? Was it just a kind of a self-realization? Was there something that happened in the move transition? Like, why did that, what triggered all of those thoughts? So most of what triggered those thoughts is I was kind of getting more clarity in, in who I was. And so back to like my junior, senior year. So my dad was taking this new position and he, you know, we didn't have a lot of income at the time. We we're trying to sell a house with my parents. My mom was living back at the house, taking care of the house, doing the showings, things like that. And so I knew money was tight and I knew that we were in a transition within our family and it was very hard. And I knew that we just didn't have a lot of income at the time. But my dad and I went to a store, I think it was like a Sears, and we were walking through the aisles and I saw this pair of shoes and I was like, Oh my gosh, those shoes are amazing. I like, I just, I, I was drawn to those shoes. I just wanted those, sho- but I knew, you know, I shouldn't ask because I didn't, I knew that the tension that there was. And I was like, okay, well, they're on sale. I should just ask my dad, like, and that'll give me something to do because when I was living with him in the other town and going back and forth, that's something I could do is just put my shoes on, go for a walk. And so I asked him, I was like, dad, hey, can I get these shoes because they're on sale? And he's like, yeah, like, and he didn't really even like, I don't remember like having like a back and forth conversation. He was just like, yeah, let's get them. For me, I was like, felt humbled. Like he's doing this for me. And I know that it's probably hard right now, but I was just super grateful. And so I remember going back to the apartment because we had an apartment in the other town while we were trying to sell our house. I lined the shoes up against the wall and I'm like, was really just, just grateful. I was like, okay, in the morning, I'm going to get up, I'm going to get those shoes on. And I'm going to go down to that hill I remember seeing, and that's where I'm going to start. And I'm going to run up the hill. I'm just, that's my plan. I was visualizing this. And so I did that. And I put my shoes on that morning, walked down the hill. And then I just remember like taking my breaths and like, like I wasn't at the time, I didn't really even know what I was doing. I had no idea what, like, I wasn't very active, like physically. I was overweight, all those things. So I remember like jogging up the hill, which then became a run, which then increased my heart rate, which increased my breath, which made me feel alive. And Mm. I have, I don't remember feeling that alive and more proud of myself for crushing that hill that I did in that moment. And I was like, this is awesome. Like I have to do more of this. Like this is movement that makes me feel excited and it makes me feel alive. And I was physically felt alive. I mentally felt alive. I was starting to feel like clear. And so as I was learning more about like, like running in general and movement and what it did for my body physically, I was just kind of, I was more intrigued onto like physiology, what was happening? Like, why do I like this runner's high? And like, it just kind of started going into this more than just a hobby. Like I wanted to know more about health. And of course I was losing weight, 
because I was more active. I was becoming more clear in my mind and felt proud of myself because I was doing something that was very challenging and hard. And then I was starting to find the courage to increase my distance. And then when I would accomplish that distance, I would become more proud of myself and more confident in doing what I said I was going to do. And so I was developing this process that I really wasn't even aware of until looking back on it now that this is something that's created a confidence in my life for myself. And I stepped into that. I quickly was realizing that my confidence was starting to take hold in areas. And so I think that that's what led me to nursing was that there was a confidence that I had in myself to do something hard, challenging, but something that I felt pulled to in a way that was going to benefit people and serve them in a way that would also help movement help me. So, yeah. it's Isn't that interesting that it started just with that one little incident to be able to start shifting the entire mindset and the world perspective about yourself and about how people perceived you and the value that you bring to the world. Like just that one little story all of a sudden, and it, I'm sure you're, if you go back and tell your dad, it's like, that was the moment things started to change. He would be like, what moment? Like, Like, he probably wouldn't even remember just doing that. But it's amazing how those little things just start the path. They start the shift. And then everything starts to, it's such a small, minor thing. I I guess what I'm saying is, too, is you look at that and we look back on our lives. How many times have we just skipped over something that was really significant for somebody else? And I think that's an incredible, again, you're grateful for it. And I I think that's an incredible way to be able to share it. So that's that's really incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's something even to this day in the present day, it's like I trying to be mindful of those moments that like, okay, I can relate to this little girl. I know where she's feeling and kind of see like Mm. what I can encourage her. Like right now, what would I wish somebody would have said to me in that moment? But there's no doubt. I mean, there's absolutely no regret for the pain that I felt in those years that because now to really shape my character to like see those things now, like really out that just need some like care, you know, that connection that I craved. Yeah. So let's actually talk about that because this is a great transition because now, obviously, the challenges that you had feeling left out, feeling abandoned in essence by all of the community and not even being recognized to the fact that now you're taking those steps, you're building the confidence and, and you've grown through that. And I'm sure that there's been many more eye-opening moments. There's been other shifts in understanding where the direction are, the bends in the roads, as we call them. How does this establish you now today? What are the patterns and the habits? What are your beliefs of who you are, how you're valued, and then how you give back into the community and give back to others? Like, where are you at right now? What do you do right now? And and what's your mindset at like right now? For me, I really feel like it started when there was this realization that in everyone's life as a human being, we operate in a way that it's almost like levels. And so you have Maslow's hierarchy theory of motivation. So we all start this level of like our basic needs are met. So food, water, health, I mean, the basic, most basic of needs, having shelter. And then you go into love and belonging and feeling that connection. And then as you get to these levels, you're then able to progress to the next level. Now that you have these bases, because you you can't become a speaker or write a book or those things if you don't have a home or like the basic needs met first. And so the more we can when I was starting to understand this and learning more about this in nursing school, when you become more, your foundation levels are met, you can progress to the next in a very positive way, in a way that's sustaining. And so for me, just kind of like knowing that kind of in the back of my mind, I just, I like, in, while I was in nursing school, you know, I didn't really 
see how this would affect my life later. But I've kind of really kept close to that. You know, there's people that get stuck in like the second or third level, like they feel love and belonging, but then they don't do anything when they become self-actualized. So when they really define who they are, what they want, what they stand for, what they believe, and they own their truest authentic self and they stay there, but then they don't move to self-actualization where then you take that and you contribute it back to the world. And so that's kind of, you know, the call and that's the purpose and the mission that people can't really put to words yet until they have taken the time to really identify those things, like who you are, what you stand for, who is your real authentic self? Have you been able to practice courage in your life, practice simple principles that make you be able to operate this highest level that's you? And so I I know that every one of us have a potential to live at this highest level, but in a very sustained, long-lasting, joyous, vibrant way. It's just up to us to keep taking those steps and putting those principles in place that help us get there. So how do you do that in your own life? So the way I've been able to do this in my own life is reflection. A lot of my reflection would actually be during my running. So I created this community and it's called Prayers on the Pavement. And it's through a, a run brand that I have. It's called Soul Runner. And so the whole focus there, obviously, we're creating endurance athletes, but we're also bringing more meaning to runs and assigning a meaning and a purpose behind those miles and that time that you spend on the pavement. Beyond the physical, obviously, there's a gazillion physical benefits to becoming an endurance trainer, right? right? But there's more. There's more that I wasn't expressing to my clients that there's this inner work that can happen on the pavement. And that's uh, all posture of your heart and your mind and how you go out. And so really, it's about reflection and setting intention for your day. And so I'm learning even more so, even to this day, how to get more present in where I am like today and who I've become and who I want to be and where I want to go. And so with that, running has been this vehicle that has allowed me to say, I'm going to assign this time to really reflect and really put intention into my day. Because when intention is set, it's like you have a plan. And then you build and then you create and then you do and then you speak and you do all these things that you're meant to do because you are so in alignment with who you are and what you believe. And you can show up as your authentic self because you just did something really hard, like running is hard, building your endurance is hard, but you're doing it because you said you're going to do it. And now you have a courage and the confidence to take out to your mission and what you're supposed to be doing, whatever God has called And I love the fact that you're referring to the running as a vehicle to accomplish something greater. If I'm being gut level honest with you, I will never be a runner. I have basically zero desire to be a runner. However, I resonate with what you're just saying there because there's a vehicle. When I go out and I do a hike or when I go out and exercise or I do something else, I I, I get what you're saying. Like I I totally understand. And I I know that there's going to be people listening like, that girl is crazy. I'm never going to be a runner. <laughs> like, and, and that's going to happen. But at the same time, I think everybody can resonate with the fact of if we do something hard, if we set a mission and we set a, a purpose and we do the discipline, whatever that means for that individual, it does. Like you said, it, it accomplishes so much more and you can accomplish and feel good about the day and have that confidence. Percent, Like my husband, it's for him, it's fishing or spending time in the deer stand. Like there's absolutely a vehicle that you have to identify, like, where can I spend time speaking to myself, asking myself hard questions, connecting with my creator, connecting with God and saying, you know, but asking the really hard stuff, why behind the why behind the why, like, why am I thinking this? And then if I don't want to think this way anymore, what can I do to course 
correct it? Like, what can I do? And so journaling is incredibly powerful. Obviously, you can't journal while running, but I found a way. Like I'm like doing my voice memos or I'm writing right after. And so that's what I was beginning to do. I was beginning to just blog. Like I would just mm-hmm. get done with my run and I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is all the stuff I learned. And I would write about it and then I'd post it. And then and I've been doing that for like almost 10 years. And so that's when it was called my remedy. And I just I needed a way to get my message of what I was learning. I just felt called to do that. And then over time, it just kind of became like my way of sharing, you know, what I'm learning and what I'm going through and and hope that it would catch somebody wherever they are in that moment. And so for me, it was like, this is how I set intentions. It's my lifestyle now. Like I run all the time and it's obviously for the physical benefit, but it's just, it's more than that. It's deeper. It's more inner happen. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's so important for people to recognize too. That is the vehicle that you use to grow and develop personally, but it's way more than just the physical aspect. It's the spiritual and it's the inner mind mental game. I mean, like there's so many things that go into that. And I love what you're saying there. So let's kind of wind it down in this aspect. Is there something that's on your heart that you're like, you know what, Tim, I I need to share this. Or if there's something that you want to go back and say, okay, I mentioned this, but I really want people to take this home with them. What's that one thing that you would be able to share and say, this is what it is. I'll give you the mic, let you have it. What What is that one thing? So I clearly have experienced a lot in my life as far as what should have kept me hidden, that should have kept me in a place where I just would chose not to speak, right? And so there are a lot of experiences that would allow me just to stay stagnant. And knowing what I know now, that there's always a way forward, and that there's always steps that you can take. There's practical, very tactical things you can do in your life more than just asking yourself questions in your mind. It's There's actual things that you can do to obtain your next level and to really identify who you are and where you want to go. And I think that it boils down to connection. Like if you can connect to yourself, to others, and to God, you there's a way forward. And I think that it's what's terribly sad about today's world is that we've been conditioned to believe that when it's really hard, you give up and you get com- and you stay in your comfort zone. You know, we see divorce, suicide, like all of these very, very terrible things. It's because somebody chose to give up. And I feel like my message is, is that although I have not experienced those type of pains, but I have experienced pain that gives me a message enough to to speak purpose into someone's life and to help them move forward. I love that. Don't give up because I think that's the easy way out too. And it's hard. I mean, everything we do in life is hard. Relationships, physical abilities, you know, this, all of it. I mean, it's hard, but just not to give up. So if somebody's listening, how can they get in contact with you? What would be the best way to connect if somebody really like, hey, I, I just need to reach out to Karen? Yeah. I'm always available through socials. So the easiest, it's my my full name, Karen Loiza Wolf on Facebook. And then my handle at Instagram is at Wolf. So it's K-L-O-W-U-L-F-F. In the social channels, I'm going to be launching something here. It's, in a, it's a virtual event and it is for free. There's other opportunities beyond that, but it's just a way that my husband and I have been able to really practically show others. So it could be a partnership or a relationship with your spouse or your children or your in your business, your team, and really getting in alignment with yourself, your identity, and then mm. what you 
do with that to connect with other people. And then beyond that, it's like, how can I contribute back my purpose, defining my mission back to the world? Mm-hmm. And so we found a way of doing that, you know, through our small business. And we followed this, it's a very obvious plan and forward that has allowed us to really become who we were meant to become. And I know there's a lot more for us to become, but we're taking those steps to be able to share our story and, you know, how with the pain of nearly divorced and nearly lost everything that we had, but we still kept choosing a step forward and really trusting on God's providence day by day. When we we stepped into business, not knowing our next steps, just having a very vague plan. But I really feel like it's our way to show others that you don't have to have all the answers, but you do have to keep taking a step forward and God will be there to open that next door for you. Yeah. And I, man, I, there's so much truth right in there. And I, I think the biggest thing is the fact that every individual and everybody that I've ever had here on this show and through the podcasting has always said the exact same thing is like, yes, I have grown, but I also recognize that in my own life, there is more to grow and there's more steps that I can take and there's more things that we can do. And it's a never ending journey on this aspect. So no matter, and I love the fact that you use Maslow's hierarchy. So whether you're at that stage of being able to say, I need to get food, shelter and protection, that's the first step. But then you have the next steps that understand who you are as an individual. Where does your value come from? And the fact that you're not alone going through this journey, even though society tells us that we are, we're not, And then just sharing the fact of, hey, we all struggle. We all have that challenge and it may be slightly different, but we all are going to go through the challenge. So Karen, thank you. I appreciate you being on here so much. For those that are listening, man, just again, you got to hit the subscribe button. If this resonated with you, go back and listen to some more. We will definitely have a lot of the stuff that Karen was talking about, whether it's the live event, we're going to put that in the notes. That way you can follow up there. Uh, Also the connections and some ways to be able to get in contact with Karen. Uh, That's always going to be in the notes. But until next time, I encourage you guys to keep writing your story and just know that you are not alone. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the author of your story? Take the next step now at www.narrative.live and enter your details to connect with a community of others just like you that are tired of living under the false narrative. Finding your true story and writing your narrative, it will give you clarity, freedom of your day, and it just might change your life forever.